we say this all the time, but it's just common sense. Don't let small offenses build up. Mm -hmm. If you can't get over something in 24 hours, then you need to have a conversation with your spouse about it so it doesn't build up and cause resentment or contempt. Hey, welcome to the Art of Spousing podcast. Thank you for taking time to listen today. We're excited about the content we want to share with you because we believe it's going to be helpful to your marriage practice. If you are new to the show, we want you to know the reason we do this podcast is because we believe that every marriage can move from the mundane to a masterpiece level. We know personally that art doesn't just appear. It requires intentionality and practice to be crafted and shaped. So our goal with every episode is to give you tools to practice that will help your relationship not just survive, but thrive. So this last week has been pretty crazy for us. Not only did we finish up a leadership class that we've been teaching for the last four weeks, but we also had two speaking engagements. We attended a beautiful wedding of some of our longtime friend's daughter, and we facilitated a marriage reboot. It is a lot of good work. It's exhausting just looking back at it, isn't <laughs> That's it? That's right, yeah. But as we jump into today's content, I'm super excited because it's a vital ingredient in all healthy and it strong is, marriages. Yeah. But before we go there, we do want to take a moment and make sure you're aware of the Marriage Reboot Retreat. This is a two-day intensive with Lisa and I where we focus on defining the purpose and vision for your marriage. So maybe you have challenges with communication or there's some conflict resolution skills that you need to incorporate into your marriage, or you want to move into the future with the tools to build on common ground. Maybe you're facing a life change, like being a new parent or like us about to become empty nesters. Come We're on, on a countdown. We're on the countdown. That's right. Or maybe you and your spouse have a growth mindset and you just want to work on your next three to five year vision for your marriage. In all cases, the marriage reboot is for you. It is one of the most fun things that we get to do with married couples. Don't you agree, James? I agree. Yeah. If you're interested in finding out more about the Marriage Reboot Retreat, we would love to have a conversation with you. You can direct message us on Instagram, put in the word call, and we will send you a link to schedule a live video call with James and I to see if the reboot is right for your marriage. You can also get the link in the show notes or online at artespousing.com backslash coaching. So let's dive into our topic for this week. We believe and we have witnessed that a successful marriage develops emotional intimacy and knows how to provide a place of safety for our emotions to be shared. It's so important to create an environment where both partners feel safe to express themselves and be vulnerable with one another. This actually can be challenging to yeah. achieve, but it's possible with dedication and understanding. You know, I'm sure we can all think of environments or attitudes or language and or behavior that challenge developing this area. James, we talk about five areas of intimacy, recreational, physical, sexual, spiritual, and emotional. Yeah. To me, spiritual and emotional intimacy are more of the internal mm. and the other three feel more external. My mind tends to struggle to know exactly how to concretely invest in the internal aspect of our intimacy. Yeah, the external expressions of intimacy are definitely more tangible, but the emotional and spiritual aspects of intimacy are foundational for growth of intimacy. But yeah, I get, Lisa, that they're not seen by the eye. Right. But if emotional and spiritual intimacy are not developed, they will negatively impact the others. And there are actions, things that we can do to strengthen both our spiritual and emotional intimacy. Today, we're going to be focusing on increasing emotional intimacy by specifically looking at creating an environment where emotional intimacy can grow. So creating an environment is an intentional process. Right. So if you don't design the environment that you want, you'll get an environment by default 
and it may not create the safety that your marriage relationship needs to thrive. Right. It's so true. So we have seven ways that we want to share with you how to create an emotionally safe environment in your marriage that will foster emotional intimacy between you and your spouse. And what we're going to do is we're going to break this up into two episodes. This first episode, we're going to talk about three things that you need to avoid. And then next week, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about four things that you need to practice. I love it. It's so good. So let's get started. The first is to avoid criticism. I definitely think there's some personalities that are more prone to this than others, but for sure, negativity is a habit that can be fostered and developed. It is a mindset that needs to be evaluated and adapted. This is not the aspect of constructive criticism that is more an evaluation to get better. It's really like a critical spirit. Right. It's like the movie picture of the lens of your life and the lens of your spouse, of your marriages. It's all bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing's going well. So let's get practical. Here are three steps you can take to avoid criticizing your spouse or having a critical spirit. The first step is be aware of how your words and actions can be interpreted by your partner. Maybe ask yourself, what is it like to be on the other side That's of That's a great question. It is. And it actually, sometimes I'm just want to say, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> be the tone setter. Communication is the key to relationships. So, so important to speak kindly and with empathy. Practically, I have to be intentional in this area. My tone of voice and the tone I can set and create an atmosphere in our home. Mm. The entire Duval family has this ability. We can't just say our kids get this from you or me, James. They get it from us. Is that we have an ability to make an atmosphere feel pressured and tense without even saying a word. Mm. So I've been on the other side of this so many times, and I don't like it. Right. Internally, I've complained, and sweetly, the Holy Spirit said, Lisa, you do this too. Mm. And I literally have made a shift in trying to set a different tone, even in times when I'm frustrated. Another way we need to be aware besides the tone is, are we a listening ear or a talking mouth? Mm. Listen to learn, not to speak. Understanding your partner's feelings and perspectives, it requires us to be curious. Right. So ask good questions. 30 years later, James, you and I still don't know everything about each other. There's still more to learn and grow. So don't assume that you know your spouse. Be curious. Yeah, that's so good. You're right. We always have new things to learn about each other. When you're curious and attentive, you can discover how experiences from the past have played into tendencies Mm -hmm. that sometimes cause tension in your relationship. So we had this experience a couple months ago, we were on a walk and you shared an experience that happened to you when you were a teenager that I had not actually heard before. It was a significant story that gave context to some of the times in our marriage journey. Because I gave a listening ear and was cognizant of my tone, you opened up and felt safe to share the experience with me. So it's important that we actually are a good listening ear to our spouse. Yeah. And it wasn't even like I was trying to keep that story from you. It had literally slipped my mind until we were walking that it came and it was like, oh my gosh, this is actually a pretty significant story I wanted to share with you. Yeah, But you only shared it because you felt safe and that I was actually listening and being attentive. That's right. Yep. So a second step to avoiding criticism is to be a problem solver, not a problem identifier. This is a big one because some people just have the gift of pointing out issues. You may think you're helping, but really you're just creating a feeling that nothing is ever right or enough. And that does not create emotional safety in the relationship. What if instead of coming with complaints or critique, you come with solutions and help? What if instead of critiquing or complaining about the house being messy or the kids being out of control, you solve the problem by picking up the house or giving your spouse the support they need to care for and correct the kids? 
You know, sometimes people critique or point out issues based on their opinion. And your opinion is only one opinion in the marriage relationship.、Mm-hmm. It doesn't make it right or wrong. It's just yours. So be open to hearing your spouse's opinion and open to compromise. Work together to find solutions that address both of your needs and your concerns. Then the third step to avoiding criticism and creating emotional safety is to be an empathizer. And this is difficult for me. I've had to actually learn this, but you know, it's how can you show patience and understanding when your partner makes mistakes or is having difficulty、mm-hmm. expressing their feeling? You know, I was just reading today and the author was defining empathy as entering another person's pain.、Mm. In our relationship, Lisa, you definitely are more open and communicative of your feelings and, and you actually, Enter into other people's stories so much easier than I do. But I personally had to really learn how to slow down, focus on the feelings behind the words, because with you, sometimes there are a lot of words. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then I need to do my best to express that I understand how you could feel the way you, you feel. And I don't have to agree with you, right?、Mm-hmm. I don't have to agree with the way you feel, but I do have a responsibility as your husband who wants you to feel safe to allow you to be able to express your feelings. And sometimes, you know, your feelings are very raw and emotionally raw form. And you need to know that I am for you and with you in those times, right? James, all of that's so true. I really believe you've grown as an empathizer over、mm-hmm. the years, but I have also had to grow in being concise with my emotions so that you'll stay on the journey and want to listen to me.、Right. In our situation, as a person who doesn't show a lot of empathy and you actually use the feel wheel, we talk about this a lot in、yeah. the feel wheel. You have to look at the feel wheel to actually determine what it is you're actually feeling. I think as people like myself who have a lot of language around emotions, Can express them. We have to have patience and understanding, empathy for、mm-hmm. our partner who may not know how to articulate those things. So it goes both ways. Showing empathy and sympathy towards your partner can help strengthen the connection and make them feel more secure. It doesn't mean that you have to agree with everything that your partner does, but it does mean that you can acknowledge and validate their feelings without judging or dismissing them. Or in your case, James, when you actually express something that I go, oh, well, look at you have emotions. Right. And feelings that would not be creating. That's true. That would not create a, a safe place. To practice expressing understanding, try to actively listen to your partner without interrupting or offering a solution. Ask open ended questions about their feelings and show interest in what they're saying. Offer words of encouragement and reassurance when necessary and be understanding of their needs and boundaries. This will create an environment of trust and security, which is essential for a healthy relationship. Relationships can be difficult, so it's important to take time and effort to build a safe and supportive environment. Okay, let's recap. How to avoid criticism. Be aware of what it's like to be on the other side of you. Right. Be a problem solver and be an empathizer. I love it. We can create emotional safety by avoiding criticism, but we can do it also by avoiding contempt. This is really a powerful yeah, word. It is. it is the feeling that a person or a thing is beneath consideration. It's also defined as a disregard for something that should be taken into account. No relationship can be emotionally safe if there's contempt. Right. Contempt involves treating someone with disrespect, belittling them, or disregarding their feelings. Often we think of this in the nastiest form. And James, you and I have actually seen this yeah, in the nastiest form. So we have sat with couples. Time to time, where contempt was so evident in their relationship, in their language with one another, how they treat each other, even in front of us. Right. <laughs> so it has been bred and it's been welcomed for so long that it has just eroded the relationship. 
those relationships that I'm talking about needed professional support right away. That's right. Contempt can be reciprocal too. Each person was giving back to their spouse what they thought only their spouse was giving to them, mm, right? Yeah. They each thought contempt was directed only one way, but it was evident in a big way. It was being reciprocated in both directions. That's right. You know, contempt breeds contempt. And so we have to be intentional about avoiding it at all costs in our marriage. So in a marriage, contempt can quickly erode the love and respect that should be present in a relationship. It can also prevent effective communication, leading to further dissatisfaction and hurt. So the best way to avoid contempt in your marriage is to recognize it and address it head on. Mm. So be mindful how you're communicating with your spouse and take a step back if you feel yourself getting angry, resentful, or sometimes it shows as sarcasm. Right? Yes, yeah. You know, we need to find ways to express our frustration and grievances in a respectful way and also to be willing to listen to our spouse's perspective. You know, recognizing that you both have valid feelings and are striving for a shared goal will help ensure your communication is more productive. Lisa, you and I, we designate a time for processing mm-hmm. stressful situations or attitudes or sometimes stressful interactions. Sometimes it cannot be addressed or it should not be addressed in the moment, right? We have to be more mature with our language with our spouse. We oftentimes can use language with our spouse that we would not find acceptable to speak to other people, nor would we want someone to talk to us that way. And I have been convicted of that myself, of some of my tone. and So to be mindful, to care, and use language that actually builds and creates a safe environment. Creating an emotionally safe marriage involves setting boundaries for how you will communicate with each other and respecting those boundaries. This may be a great point of discussion after the podcast is, what are the non-negotiables for communication between the two of you? Mm. We look at ways each of us can contribute to tension that could lead to contempt and avoid it. You need to evaluate what are the hot spots and create your own guiding principles for stewarding love and not breeding contempt. For example, one of the things that we would never say to one another, it's a non-negotiable, is that you're behaving like your dad or you're behaving like your mom or you say you're acting just like Nancy. Yeah, that's not really good. No, because it's definitely not breeding love. Right. We're not all the way to contempt. Not that our parents are bad. But no, no, no. Nobody wants to be, you know. Referred to. Well, and usually it's always in context to their poor qualities. Right. It's not always like you're, you know, you're a great financial steward of money like right. your dad. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. The other thing we do is we will not put each other down. Right. We won't say things that are hurtful, intentionally hurtful or put down so that we avoid any kind of contempt or resentment in a relationship. Right. Even when I'm talking to girlfriends, you can know and rest assured if it's a tension point between us, I'm going to keep you in the highest regard, even if I'm processing challenges with communication. Right. And that all creates emotional safety. That's right. By avoiding contempt and fostering positive communication, you can create an environment of emotional safety and mutual respect in your marriage. That's right. And then we say this all the time, but it's just common sense. Don't let small offenses build up. Mm -hmm. If you can't get over something in 24 hours, then you need to have a conversation with your spouse about it so it doesn't build up and cause resentment or contempt. Mm -hmm. Okay, so far we've looked at two of the three things that you want to avoid to create emotional safety in your relationship. One is avoiding criticism, and the second is avoiding contempt. So the third thing that you need to avoid 
in your relationship to make sure that you have an emotionally safe environment is you need to avoid defensiveness. Being defensive means that you're ready to challenge or avoid criticism in order to avoid accountability or to protect yourself. Everything about that does not say anything about a great growing relationship. That's right. <laughs> you know, it's easy at times to go into this self-preservation mode where we're afraid of losing something or trying to hide something or trying to prove something. And practically it plays out when our partner starts to feel like they need to protect themselves or their point of view and often results in arguments or bickering. Ultimately, defensiveness puts a strain in our relationship. And this is especially true in marriage. Mm -hmm. You can totally see how this would erode an environment of safety. Right. Quite the opposite is true, though. You may hear or think statements like, no sense trying to talk about this, or I need to suck it up and just press through, which actually creates an environment not of safety, but an environment of apathy and resignation. And neither of those are going to be healthy for your marriage. That's right. To be an emotionally safe spouse, it's important to take a step back when this happens and take a more objective approach to the situation. Typically, these situations are more than one conversation. So just start by listening. Do not give context as to why because this is just an acceptable way of being defensive. You know, right. oh, let me give you context to why I behave that way. No, you're being defensive. Right, so exactly. I just need to listen. This is where the tool intent and impact can really come in. If you haven't heard us talk about this on another episode, it's using the word intent and impact. I did not intend to hurt you. I hate that you feel this way. Right. I can see why that would impact you the way it did. So I'm not defending, I'm not, I'm, I'm listening and then I'm using those words, make note and process later and circle back around on the things that you wanted to give a little context to. Right. But in the moment, just listen. If there's a need to feel defensive, there may be a future conversation you need mm-hmm. to have, but it isn't right now. So if either partner is feeling like you have a need to be defensive, mm-hmm. there's great potential that there is a future conversation needed then there's a thread to pull, but it's just like, wait, wait and have that conversation later. That reminded me of a tool that I've used many times in leadership, the idea of BCD. People get into BCD mode, which is blame, complain, defend. And we can do that in our marriage mm-hmm. too. When we do something wrong or we offend our spouse, we can blame it on a situation or you know, complain about something that mm-hmm. causes us to act that way or just defend ourselves. And one of the tools that we throw out there is whenever you feel like you're getting in BCD mode, right? you need to stop it and just realize that there's something to learn and I'm going to dive into my spouse's perspective and hear from them. Right. I love it. Awesome. So we can create emotional safety in our marriage by avoiding criticism, avoiding contempt, and avoiding defensiveness. So let's wrap this up this week. And then next week, we'll continue this conversation by looking at four things that you should regularly practice to create an emotionally safe marriage relationship. But if you have questions or comments about what you've heard today, we would love to connect and talk to you about it. You can message us on Instagram, or you can email us at artespousing.com. We are currently working on some big projects that we are excited to introduce you to in the coming months. If you want to stay up to date on what is coming, you can direct message us on Instagram with the word info, I-N-F-O, and we'll make sure that you're always up to speed. Thanks again for listening. We've seen a lot of growth in the amount of listeners these last several weeks. We appreciate your help in sharing the podcast with friends and family. It means a lot to us. 
So we hope you'll join us next week as we continue with the important topic of creating an emotionally safe environment in your marriage. Have a great week and we'll see you next time on the Art of Spousing podcast. Until then, bye-bye. Bye-bye.